Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to the final ever part two of The Moon Underwater with I, John Robbins, and he, the lovely Robin Allender. The next time you hear a part two, it will be with the two parts, <laughs> two different parts. It'll be with a new landlord and a new regular who will be at the helm of this great ship, the SS Pub of the Mind. Uh, but for now, we're enjoying our time here walking our way through the streets, discovering the city and hoping to be transformed by Robin Allender's dream pub. But before we return to that, um, we've got the small matter of the Moon Underwater pub quiz. And it really is a Moon Underwater pub quiz. It really is, yeah. I asked three questions about items that have been chosen in the Moon Underwater only once. So the quest first question was, who is the only person to have selected Budweiser, not Budvar, on draft in the Moon Underwater? John. Is it Tony Blackburn? Yes, it was. <laughs> I think because he had a dusty bottle of Budweiser in his line of vision. Yeah, what a sweet, sweet man he was. He's a lovely man. When he created a pub called The Bit of Fun, the... I think, was it The Nice But Fun? Or, no, Quiet But Fun? The Quiet remember. But Fun. But the funny thing was, didn't Corey Taylor from Slipknot call his the exact same <laughs> name? <laughs> it was kind of such a weird link. That was funny. Um, question two was, who selected an unnamed beer from an unnamed barman from an unnamed bar in Bruges for hmm. one of their draft items? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember that. That was Scroobius Pip. Oh, was it now? Yeah, it was great. It's very similar to, I guess, what I'm trying to do with Moon Underwater, but it was kind of... Because the whole thing was shrouded in mystery. He went to this mm. pub that didn't have a name. Was that the one with the blue bicycle outside? Yeah, that was it, yeah. And it's impossible to find it afterwards, and he had this amazing beer there. So I like that story a lot. Question three was, whose bottle choices were one bottle of red and one bottle of white wine? And they refused to give you any more detail. <laughs> Is that Alistair Green? <laughs> yeah, it was. I liked his pub a lot too. Yeah. I really well, liked that. His pub, you were talking about the King's Head earlier. I that That's almost what I imagine Alistair Green's pub to be like. Yeah. So quite standard fare, but, but a really good pub. Well, 
I think he 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 had a, a big thing about the fact that you go to the pub and you kind of bend to fit its rules rather than the other way around. Yeah. Didn't he want to call it the the like it or fuck off or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he kind of yeah just uh, and he chose Carling as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but I, d- I do kind of like that idea. Not all the time, but, you know. Well, uh, quiz done. We head back to your choices, Rob. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the sort of interior or the clientele of this pub? Um, I do like pubs that have that working man's club vibe, like the Brudenell Social Club in Leeds, that kind of vibe. Um, you know, I don't know how you describe that, really. You know, long booths, maybe carpeted. Um, a, a kind of sense of community about them. Um, I also like the classic pub, you know, dark nooks, you know, wood beams, all that stuff. What about snacks? Snacks, yeah. Big crisp man. I mean, the brood now, they do incredible crisps there. Um, but yeah, I love uh, crisps, scampi fries, your bacon fries, twiglets. Mm. You often go for nuts. I like a nut. Yeah. I like a salted nut. Yeah. But what two spirits are going to uh, accompany your nuts? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I don't drink an awful lot of spirits, but I do like I do like some whiskey, and I really like Highland Park because it's quite a game-changing whiskey for me. It's it's so it's so beautiful, so floral. Um it's I think it's the one whiskey you you could sort of give to someone who says they don't like whiskey and they kind of will at least understand the appeal mm. of it from that aroma. It's just so beautiful, so smooth, just a drop of water. But, I, I mean, I, I really don't drink very much whiskey anymore. It's, it's kind you, of heartburn city. But you and I both were people who hated the taste of whiskey. Yeah. And then you sort of somehow, it, it opened up for you in a way it never did for me. I mean, it gives me... If I don't water it down, instant heartburn. Well, you should have water in it, I think. Yeah. You should do. Um, yeah, I think it was that. I think it was... I just think it was probably having it when I had a bit of a cold and it just being so so mm. nice, you know, and um, kind of restorative. Um, yeah, I mean, very occasionally it's nice to have, you know, a chaser with a, you know, a Guinness or a beer or something. But it's kind of... That's a strong... That's a heady mixture you're dealing with there. Yeah, whenever I'm drinking or whenever I drank in America, I would I was impossible to resist getting a shot of Jameson's with the first sort of Guinness of the night. Yeah, I mean, you watch enough Wire, you, you just gonna yeah. want Jameson's, aren't you? Jameson's is nice. Jameson's is really nice, but you realise how sort of unrealistic a lot of those drinking scenes are with people just mm. sort of slamming back 50 mils of like whiskey, like three of those in the space of 10 minutes. Well, it's bizarre. I mean, the, the quantity of those shots in America is completely mad. Yeah. And having it with ice is completely mad, I think. Having yeah. whiskey with ice. I don't, I don't, well, no, I don't, I, I don't mean mad. I just mean it's not how I would drink it personally. But mm. uh, So Highland Park, number one. And number two, you were always, well, we were both, but you were especially a gin guy. Yeah, the gin craze. I think everyone goes through a bit of a... Gin vibe in their twenties, don't they? I have chosen a gin. Yeah, I, I mean, I very, very rarely drink it, so I thought I'd get one that's a bit more characterful, which is the Ophir Gin. Yeah, 
which is the one that's got a very kind of heady kind of cardamom kind of flavor to it. Uh, I really like that. But again, you couldn't have it all the time. But if, if you are going to have a gin and tonic, why not make it a kind of special one? And what uh, tonic would you have with it? Oh, that's a good cue. Mm, I remember when Fever Tree was really the Rolls Royce of tonics. Yeah. I suppose it still is, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. In terms Fever of your Tree's supermarket pretty... tonics. Yeah, Fever Tree's pretty good. And I'm not sure what you'd have in it. I don't know if you'd need lime because it's already so strong kind of tasting. But I mean, the last time I had one was probably when we went to the Gardener's Arms in Oxford, Plantation Road. Oh, about really? five years ago. It's probably the last time I had a gin and tonic. Oh, I heard bad news about Gardener's Arms. North Parade has closed. No. Yeah. Oh, God. Sadness. I think it is being taken over, but I think it might be being a bit trendified. Oh, God. It's a shame. But it'll. they all come back eventually. They do, yeah. It's just funny. It's trends, isn't it, in a way? I don't know. That's why it's nice when a pub survives, because it seems to survive all those changes and things. Yeah, well, in, in five years' time, people will be going, oh, do you hear the Gardener's Arms is closing down again and being taken over by someone who wants to turn it into a really nice pub? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the new trendy thing people are into. Yeah. So Highland Park and a fear gin with, I dare say, a fever tree tonic. Mm. Uh, but we must now, both of us, uh, head in for the final time together into the Moon Underwater Pub Library, Robin. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Library. So, interesting one for the last pub library. I... <laughs> I was going to read a poem by a certain someone called A.P. McClune. <laughs> John, do you want to tell the listeners who A.P. McClune is? Uh, yeah, A.P. McClune is a, a, a nom de plume in many ways yeah. uh, of me because I used to write sort of um, pastiches of traditional Irish poetry under the name A.P. McClune. I don't know why. I really enjoyed it. I found it very, very cathartic. And they they may even still be on a WordPress site somewhere on the wow. internet. Yeah, that's a thought. Yeah, he used to send me a lot of kind of pub literature, so we say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was often away, you know, when I was working as a musician, I was would often be away and we'd email a lot. And he'd often send kind of pub fantasies and... And, and A.P. McLoon poems about pubs. Which is a completely normal thing. To, that yes. All yeah. friends have these kinds of interactions where they send each other sort of extended... Oh, my God, I've just remembered the the main one I sent you. It was 6,000 words. Oh. The, pavili- the Pavilion Review. I found that today. I was going to read on that. <laughs> I thought that might be a bit strange. One of the ones you wrote was this kind of pub fantasy. And it was... <laughs> It was about you were going to Ireland, and you uh, you met a woman in a in a pub, and you found out she was researching a play which was about Guinness and having sex. <laughs> oh dear, that's quite coarse. Um, quite funny. I've, I've got I've got I've just got them all on my computer. Oh my god. Um. Oh, but the AP McClue, well, I think you're sort of parodying, I, I feel like there's a bit of, yeah, Seamus Heaney, but maybe a bit like Ted Hughes as well. Yes. They're sort of 
they're kind of just that kind of mid 20th century kind of you, you kind of got the, the kind of note perfect somehow even though they're quite so strange and so funny but uh, shall i read this ap McLoon poem yeah well i sort of wanted to see if i could create something profound that sounded profound but was completely made up with very yeah. with no research. I, I tell you, probably the biggest influence was Kerr's ass. Kerr's ass is that Kavanagh? Yeah, Patrick Kavanagh's poem Kerr's ass, which we <laughs> we we did at uni, and I so good. I couldn't stop poem. laughing. Yeah, because it's because he lent he lent me the loan of Kerr's ass, wasn't that? We took the loan of Kerr's big ass. Yeah, and they're talking about donkeys. But. Yeah, 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 but. It's it sort of summed up uni for me that like how can you not laugh when someone reads that out because obviously yeah. I'm thinking it's this it's a poem about two people riding a big bum. <laughs> yeah. I love that poem. There's a really nice line about I name their several names. Yeah, yeah, it's talking yeah. Talking about all the different parts of the kind of horse and trap or something. It's I, I, it's a very beautiful poem. Anyway, um, let's let's hear a bit of A. P. McLoon. What's this one called? It's called First Pint. Oh, nice. When I was 20, perhaps 21, I drank a pint that I swear to God stopped time. McGuigan's bar opened early for the for the roast, but I wasn't there for roasting. <laughs> the brass pumps and brewer's plates conjured me to stool and still. Nameless now, drawn from what depths, what maze of pipes and spigots, I cannot tell. Oil from seabed, well water drawn, cannula from some dozing boozy giant. Sorry, I've got the giggles. Sorry, it was it was frothy ass. <laughs> it was frothy ass brown. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no. <clears throat> it was frothy ass brown, placed on memory's sun polished table, always four fifths full. Years, oaks of time, I've stopped from pub to pub. New partners, new friends have come. One tableau of a solitary drink remains. No no froth since then has clung, as that one clings to the canvas in my head, hung in the light. Time's commission piece, an exhibition for one. I mean, that is, it's so genuinely brilliant. But it's got the line ass brown in it. <laughs> but it's actually so good. It's really good. Oh, P.P. Man. McLoon. Fucking hell. Let me How do you feel them. hearing that back? <clears throat> I've, I've got them all here. What's that called? First Pint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me just get the, the dock up. <laughs> I remember sending them to my dad, and he really liked them. Really? Yeah. I thought they were uh, really good. But you almost want... Didn't you want to do it on stage at one time? I did. 
I did that. I did read a couple of them on stage. It didn't quite work. It's just so many leaps for an audience's mind to make. Yeah. I like that Times Commission piece. Yeah. An exhibition for one. I like that. I really like that. It's really good. Huh. But I think it's a, like, you also seem to be talking about something which we've talked about so much, which is that kind of desire to somehow recapture the past with with alcohol, basically. Well, it's time travel, isn't it? Alcohol, really. Mm. And so is, um, so are pubs. I think that's what they're, why they sort of get us so, because they're, they're as close as we can really get to to magic, you know. And I know that sort of sounds a bit... It sounds pathetic, in a way, for two men in their 40s to be saying pubs are magic. But, you know, when you're a kid, so much stuff is magical. Mm. Like, stuff now like Christmas. Christ, I can't remember the last time I got excited about Christmas. I honestly could not... I, the last 30 years... I mean, maybe that says something about me... I, my birthday, yeah, I've had really nice birthdays. And my 40th birthday was one of the best weeks of my life. But in terms of feeling magical, mm. and I think you get it when you're a kid with Christmas and Halloween and birthdays and bonfire nights. And and you get it when you're a teenager, when you're just able to like burst forth into a city and just have no idea what's going to happen, or go to a house party of someone you kind of know with someone who knows them, and have this extraordinary adventure. But the truth is, as soon as you get, as soon as you get into your late twenties, really, that it just stops. All the magic stops, mm. and that doesn't mean you're not having a nice time, and it doesn't mean you're not going on holidays and falling in love. But in terms of like proper, exciting, fucking, oh my god, this is happening stuff. Yeah. It just goes. So a pub, I guess, in some senses, is a pale comparison to the to that childhood magic or that teenage sort of wonder and excitement. And and like sex is part of it as well. With mm. being a teenager, like I might I might get off with someone. You know, that's such it's insanely exciting. Mm. Mm. But I, I think a pub is as close as you get to that as an adult. Yeah, like I can go somewhere different. And I can change how I feel yeah. for a couple of hours. But that's that's one thing that's really interesting about the way you've talked about it recently is, I mean, or, you know, you, you've mentioned this to me. It's just that feeling of it almost like it stopped working. Like you, you told me last year, I can't remember the last time I went out and had a, a, a pint, had a beer and actually enjoyed it. Like, mm. I don't know why I'm doing it, you know. Yeah, there was always something wrong with everything. Mm. Um, but the pubs were still great. But I yeah. saying, um, saw James Acaster the other day and he really made me laugh because he was saying, like, <laughs> they got to a point where every time he saw me, if we had a gig and were going for a drink afterwards, I would be this sort of ebullient slightly fairy tale character who would go ah james me me thinks we have an appointment after the show for two uh, or or more pints of the uh, land landlord's finest so i'd keep i'd have this sort of excitable character and i'd and I'd keep on like this. And he said, then we'd get to the pub and I'd be so anxious. I'd go straight home. Yeah. But it's so funny, the idea of this sort of like, 
like cartoon camera member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Becoming overcome with anxiety <laughs> because yeah. the actual process of drinking stresses him out too much. <laughs> so how are we? How are we adding AP McLoon to? Is it, is it his complete works going into the pub library? Yeah, the complete works of AP McLoon. Yeah. Okay, because I've got some of the other titles here. There's. Um, Let's see if I can find your WordPress. There's Shane's Yard, which is spelt S H A E I G N. The Krelling Boat. Nice. The Garain Arms. That must be another one about a pub. And Creevy May and Jice, which is about, I think, three children called Creevy May and Jice. I mean, the problem is it could be deemed somewhat offensive. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> but I think. No, I can't find anything about AP McLoon online. But, um, well, that, I, I mean, that's why I, I thought there were, I mean, I, I think there's a bit of, I don't think it is just Irish pastiche, because when I, I read it, I, I, I think of Ted Hughes as well. For me, it's that era yeah, of kind of slightly, that almost slightly aggrandizing language. Where know? everything's like an old god. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Do you want to hear a line of the Garain Arms? Go on. The first you'd see of the Garain arms was the sound. <laughs> That's a nice start. Oh, rest my son on the county throne. Now Kilcrane's waves have brought ye home. Well, yeah, definite Irish vibe. <laughs> the band burst up with tabber, coin and bone. As a wean, I dreamed of that pub. Never past the frosted glass. The swinging door threw exposures of polished gold and pipe smoke gasps. I'd play on the stoop with token discs and throw sheems at the fell. Hmm. <laughs> it's good stuff. Oh my god. It's quite it's quite it's quite sad at the end, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So there you go, AP McLoon, my nom de plume, uh, being entered into the Moon Underwater Pub Library. But Robin, we don't just have a library here in the Moon Underwater, and you more than anyone should know what we got. We got a jukebox. We have. Uh, now you are a big music guy. It's your, well, it's your career. It's your love. It's your hobby. It's your past, your present, your future. Mm. Um, did you? Because everyone always says, "Oh, I found this the hardest bit," which makes you realise what a good format Desert Island Discs is. Yeah. Um, did you find it hard to pick a pub album? Yeah, I did actually, because it's slightly different from just your favourite album, really. Um, yeah, I think the album you'd most like to be playing when you walked into a pub is quite a good like first date question. Yeah, because Astral Weeks is you know probably my favourite album, but not all of that works well in a pub. You know, when you get to Beside You, that's a bit challenging. So yes, I've gone for an album by the folk musician Nick Jones, called Penguin Eggs, which is a brilliant folk album. It's um, it's one of Stuart Lee's favourite albums. I think that might even be where I first heard of it, from him talking about it somewhere. But, um, yeah, Nick Jones, it, it's kind of like, he was recording late 70s, early 80s. Um, and he's still alive, but he had a very, very bad uh, car accident in the early 80s. Um, so wasn't really able to play again, although he has performed um, a few times with his son playing the guitar, which is really nice. There's a really nice film about him. 
uh, which is worth a watch. But Nick Jones, for me, is the greatest guitarist because he is, he's a, a finger-picking guitarist who has just incredible dexterity, but he's not showing off. It's beautiful melodically. It's so rhythmic. Everything is so clear. And this album, Penguin Eggs, is... It's just, um, it's brilliant. It's it's kind of funny in some ways. It's, it's, um, they're kind of lots of these kind of seafaring songs. Um, they're just so beautifully sung. I mean, it's perfect pub music in a way. You can imagine him, you know, doing a gig in a pub, you know. And I think the thing I really like about it is it goes back to our idea of if pubs are kind of, you know, a link to history, folk is almost kind of, ancient history reanimating itself before your very ears really you know it is that kind of link to the past and i just love his voice i love the way he sings it's so kind of declamatory and he's got a beautiful voice and the, the song that is so good on it is the little pot stove and it is about this kind of people snuggling around this little pot stove and it's kind of very pub like you know huddling together for warmth kind of thing <laughs> but it's, it's it's his guitar playing really though it's just it's it's next level it, it, you know he's he's the best best british folk guitarist for me by a long way it was probably in one of the very early episodes where i was talking about how the sort of glow and warmth of a pub at night on a street where everything else is dark must really tap into something very sort of uh well, I want to say Neanderthal, but that's wrong because that's a different species. But you know what I mean? Like something primordial. Very, pri- yeah, primordial in human beings about sort of feeling safety with light and warmth and fire and community as well. And where else do you get that at night? In a Pizza Express, maybe? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah. the same applies to Pizza Express. Yes. There should be a whole separate podcast. You can't stay imagine. in a Pizza Express all evening. No, you've tried. Uh, so Nick Jones Penguin Eggs going on the Moon Underwater jukebox and I'm sure that the next landlord will maintain the existing jukebox whilst adding new albums to it but Robin we have one more drink choice though it doesn't have to be a drink what's going to be your wild card option well my wild card option I think I worry it's already been covered but the wild card was that the pub has to move, move around geographically. Right. So it's never quite in the same place as where you, where you, where you went to it last time. So would it move within one city or would it move from city to city? It could be a bit of a travel pain. I like the idea of it appearing in, in a different city, yeah. But what if, what if you got to London and it's in Edinburgh? Well, sometimes it's not there. That's the kind of magic of it. It's like the H. Did I ever tell you about that story? H.G. Wells, The Door in the Wall. No. Have you ever read that? Oh my God, I should have done it in the pub library. It's about this guy. He, he, when he's a young boy, he sees this door in a wall and goes in, and it's this beautiful, magical, futuristic land. It's very strange, has this incredible experience there. And he, he comes out. Go, he's back home and he can never find the door again but a few times in his life he sees it mm. but he can't, hasn't got time to open it and go through it oh wow um, so that's kind of what my pub's like <laughs> that weirdly that you that reminded me of um, the Fermata right 
where he stops time that that book yeah i mean it's a slightly problematic book because it's he uses his ability to stop time pretty much solely for sort of quite creepy sexual gratification yeah but there's a weird detail in it where the 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 way he stops time sort of changes yeah, I mean Nicholson, Nicholson Baker is. I mean, he's a brilliant writer. He's very, very good. But it, yeah, I agree. It hasn't aged well that one. <laughs> it's a very pornographic male fantasy. Yeah, or, or yeah. it could potentially be a female fantasy, but it's not certainly not portrayed in that way. But mm. the the mechanism by which he changes time sort of comes and goes. So you can't. There's sometimes a, like a year will go by where he's not able to do it. Yeah, that's right. And then yeah, suddenly he'll it's sort just of moving his glasses, and sometimes it's something else. He'll like it? pick yeah. up a lighter and realize he can do it just by sort of clicking this lighter in a certain way. I love that sort of strange detail of that's very dreamlike. Yeah, yeah. That's what dreams are like. Is the sort of like I have a dream where I can fly, but never more than like th- two flights of stairs by by holding my thighs in a certain way. <laughs> Yeah, I have that way. I can sort of glide along about a foot off the ground. Yeah. I suddenly realise I can do that, yeah. Yeah, strange. Maybe it's just me trying not to guff in my sleep. <laughs> yeah. He's written some... There's a really good one he wrote about his daughter. I forget what that's called. The Everlasting Story of Nori. That's a really good one. Oh, is it? Yeah, and the first couple of ones, the, the, Fama, the, the, no, the, the mezzanine and room temperature are good. And Vox is an interesting one, because that's a book I think Monica Lewinsky gave Bill Clinton. Oh, really? When they were courting, so it became quite a big oh, story wow. at the time. <laughs> yeah, That's another rude one. Is it really? Yeah. What about, is it about kissing and all that? It's about, it's about snogging and, and having it off. Ugh! <laughs> no, I'm not going to read that smut. Yeah. So... We leave the Johnny Come Fly Be Nightlies for a second to provide our Patreon subscribers with Robin's dream pub companion. Uh, We'll be back very, very shortly. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. 
Okay, folks, we're back from uh, Robin Ander's unique dream pub companion. And uh, what a time they'll have together, chatting away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Robin, as you well know, uh, we ask our guests to bar something from a pub. And I guess this is one of the most common topics between you and I uh, on the podcast over the years and also in the behind the cellar door, especially the things we don't like about pubs, the things that go wrong, the things that throw that fantasy all out of kilter. Um, But what one thing are you banning from your pub? You're barred. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm a morally flawless person um and i'm sure i've been very annoying in pubs are you banning uh, immorality <laughs> no i'm i'm banning selfishness you know oh nice because i i don't um i don't have a problem with kids in pubs and i don't have a problem with dogs in pubs but i you know i think at some point you have to take responsibility if you've got a dog in a pub mm. because otherwise it's kind of a you know i just don't like selfish behavior i don't like people being loud mm. I don't like it when pubs play music too loudly because mm. that's a form of selfishness as well. And um, I know I sound I sound like a real like grumpy old man, really, but I just think it's that thing we. I mean, going back to what we've, we've discussed before about the public house, it's just that kind of you have to make space for everyone there, mm. otherwise it doesn't work. So I think it's, it's banning selfishness in, in different forms. Yeah, I remember what we used to chat about your dad because your dad was a great pubman and. He sort of bad luck would follow him round in pubs and restaurants. Yeah, like it would just be inevitable that the the very loud couple would sit next to him, or you know, if someone spilt a drink, it would go on him, kind of thing. <laughs> well, I think yeah. The thing is, if you if you have that attitude to the world, then that you know the pub is going to be loud and noisy. Then it, it's kind of self fulfilling prophecy yeah. in some ways, isn't it? And I think that's definitely true of me, that I was always conscious of what was going to stop the pub being perfect. So I was sort of on the lookout for it. And if you're on the lookout for it, you will find it. Mm. Whereas most people seem to be sort of quite carefree. Yeah. Or, you know, I do, you know, it's just people being being loud and aggressive, isn't it? I don't know. It's weird. But I guess there's something strange about us expecting sort of thoughtful behaviour in a place where you go to get drunk. <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, I kind of know I'm doomed to failure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing I sort of have to, you know, it's pointless getting annoyed with people playing music on the bus because you'll be annoyed 100% of the time. Yeah, that's very, very Buddhist of you. <laughs> so, But you just have to tell yourself that. It's pointless getting annoyed with cyclists going through red lights because you'll be annoyed 100% of the time. Yeah. You know, so it, it, you do just have to make peace with, you know, the world. And, you know, I think I don't blame people. I don't. I try not to get annoyed with people. You have to think everyone's got their own story as well, you know. Yeah, and often people are going to the pub to let off steam and be loud. Mm, but I think yeah. you're right. I think a certain level of, like you were saying about the uh, the King's Head, it's a place where people are respectful of each other's space. Yeah. And are aware that everyone else wants to have a sort of a nice conversation with their friends. I really do get that vibe in that pub. And it's what makes finding a great pub such a joy. When you're like, this in this moment is perfect. Because you go to a great pub at five o'clock and have a wonderful time. There could be, you know rowdy drunkenness happening in there by 10 
but you don't see it because you're just in there for that little sort of glimpse. But, I mean, it's also, I think Simon Price had such a good answer for this one, which is the pub character. Mm. It's that kind of behaviour that is particularly kind of irritating, isn't it, where someone dominates, Yeah, it's you know, sort that, of that, that kind of thing. Perf- people who are quite performative in yeah. their habits. Yeah. Like kids who have loud conversations about sex. <laughs> like, you don't need to be doing this. But then there, but for the grace of God, go we. I'm sure that we did that when we were teenagers or in our 20s. Well, yeah. There was the, the night where we we, we were practising harmonies in yeah, the bar of the Thecla. That was bad. That was quite bad, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember the night in the pub in Edinburgh. Hector's, maybe? Well, there was a group of people and they were trying to shatter a glass by with singing as high, high as possible. Oh, God, remember I remember that. That was... I actually went over and t- spoke to them, didn't I? I, don't, I, thought, I think I did. Oh, you did. Yeah, you did. Do you remember what you said? I think it's... I think um, I was just, like, said it's important to be respectful of people. Yeah, you said something, yeah, it's important to, to, to respect other people or something like that. And it worked, <laughs> didn't it? Uh... Well, it did for the five seconds before I ran out of the pub and kind of being a bit, feeling a bit scared and f- full of adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of shaking for half an yeah. hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's the kind of thing. I mean, the, the, I don't know. People are annoying, aren't they? <laughs> well, we must <laughs> I've gone from being Buddhist to just yeah, saying yeah. people are annoying. Hurry up, please. It's time. We mustn't leave the correct realm on a note that people are annoying. I mean, of course, people aren't annoying here in the correct realm, in the moon underwater. Um, but it's been such a superb journey uh, to go through, both with you, the you, the listener, and you, the you, the lovely Robin, of inviting people to this dream pub and having them share their fantasies with us. Um, and I guess that that gets to the heart of it, is these are fantasies and these these perfect pubs do really only exist in our minds, but it's been a delight to create them nonetheless. And is a pub in the mind any different to a real pub, Robin? Who can say? Who can but, say? Yes, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Absolutely. And the moon underwater will be back. It will reveal itself anew, and we can't wait uh, for you to be introduced to a whole new sort of realm of the mind. And um, thanks for putting up with us babbling on about our problems. Uh, But, Robin, it does just remain my final act here as landlord to ask you to name this dream pub of yours that has transformative powers and it helps you to discover the city. It's got Grumpy Cow, Morell's Brewery and Flotzinger Heller's Lager on draft. It's got an M&S Clock Tower Sauvignon Blanc and 440ml cans of Stella, one of which I can see in your hand right now. It's got Highland Park and a fire gin. Nick Jones, penguin eggs playing on the jukebox. It's always shifting around from street to street, from city to city. And sometimes you just don't find it at all, which is part of the magic. But there's no selfishness whatsoever within its walls. And amen to that. So what are we going to call it? Well, I didn't really know for this, but then the name kind of sprung out earlier. So the door in the wall. Oh, lovely. Hmm. Because aren't all doors doors in walls as well? I suppose you're right when you put it like that. Well, it's time for you and I to take a step through the door in the wall, and who knows 
what realm we will find ourselves in, but we do know that the moon underwater will be here long after we've popped our clogs and we can't wait to see what it reveals in the future. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.